We're glad that you're with us on our podcast, Carefully Examining the Text. And in today's podcast, we want to cover Psalm 20. As you are opening your Bibles up to Psalm 20, Psalm 20 is generally characterized as a royal psalm. And by a royal psalm, we mean a psalm that focuses on the human king. Psalm 2 was an example of this kind of psalm. Psalm 18 also focused upon the king. Psalm 20 does as well. Three key vocabulary words that are often found in royal psalms are words like the king, anointed, and David. In this psalm, David is mentioned in the heading The term anointed is used in verse 6, and the term king is used in verse 9. Now, speaking of this psalm as a royal psalm is somewhat deceptive, because the key character of this psalm is God. It is, first of all, focusing on him. He, and not the king, is the key character. But Psalm 20 and 21 both deal with the the human king, the king of the land of Israel. And these psalms are closely associated, and we hope in the next few days to to state more uh, about Psalm 21 and help you to see the connections. One more point, I, I think it is very difficult for us to recognize all the hopes and aspirations that these people had for their king. There's a statement in 2 Samuel 21, verse 17, after David's men state that he will not go to war with them anymore. They said, you shall not go again with us to battle, that you may not extinguish the lamp of Israel. They had great hopes for the king, and it was better if all the people perished than that the king perish. And you're not going to go out to battle, David, and extinguish the lamp of Israel. In Lamentations 4, verse 20, the Bible speaks of the Lord's anointed, the king, as the breath of his nostril, the breath of our nostrils. But Lamentations 4, 20, 2 Samuel 21, 17, both of these passages stress the great hopes the people had for their king. And I hope that you will be able to see this in what we read from Psalm 20. I'm reading today from the English Standard Version, but the text reads Psalm 20 uh, to the choir master, a psalm of David. May the Lord answer you in the day of trouble. May the name of the God of Jacob protect you. May he send you help from the sanctuary and give you support from Zion. May he remember all your offerings and regard with favor your burnt offerings, Selah. May he grant you your heart's desire and fulfill all your plans. May we shout for joy over your salvation and in the name of our God set up our banners. May the Lord fulfill all your petitions 
Now I know that the Lord saved his anointed. He will answer him from his heaven, from his holy heaven with the saving might of his right hand. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will trust in the name of the Lord our God. They collapse and fall, but we rise and stand upright. O Lord, save the king. May he answer us when we call. As you look at some key expressions in this psalm, do you notice that verse 1, verse 1 speaks of a day. It, it calls on the Lord to answer in the day of trouble. And those words answer and day from verse 1 are repeated in verse 9. O Lord, save the king. May he answer when we call. Uh, and the word day appears in the reading in the New American Standard uh, Bible there in, in, in verse 9. But um, the text emphasizes some key ideas like the word save, uh, which appears in verse 5, a couple of times in verse 6, and in verse 9, the word answer uh, in 1, in verses 6, a couple of times, and verse 9. The reason we call this a royal psalm is because of the focus on the anointed, the focus on the king in verses 6 and 9. But I want you to remember what we said earlier, that really the key character of this psalm is God. It is God who provides the king strength and help for battle. The way the king leads the people is that he leads the people in seeking God, in humbling himself before God. Is that true of our leaders today? Are they leaders in leading us? in humbling ourselves before God and invoking the help of our Almighty God. I'm not seeking to equate America with Israel in every respect. What I am doing is emphasizing what should be true of all leaders, of all nations, of all time, that they should be the first in imploring the help of God. You notice that in verses 1 through 5 that there are many jussive verbs and they express pleas, desires, requests, prayers to God on behalf of the king. But looking at the text that says, May the Lord answer you, verse 1, in the day of trouble. May the name of the God of Jacob protect you. May the name of God protect you. In God's name, as we stated, a key element in this particular psalm. In God's name is who he is. And it is emphasizing that the source of the king's strength and the source of the king's protection is God. May the name of the God of Jacob protect you. May he send you help from the sanctuary and give you support 
from Zion. The king is totally dependent upon God's help, upon his strength, upon him holding him up in times of difficulty. May he give you help from the sanctuary and support from Zion. And verse 3, may he remember all your offerings and regard with favor your burnt offerings. Verse 3 emphasizes that the practice of warfare in the ancient world was intimately connected with religion, and that was true in Israel. And what I mean by that, one thing I mean by that, is that when people went to battle, they always invoked the help of their gods. They offered sacrifices, and they made prayers, and they begged their God to be with them and to strengthen them in battle. You see Samuel doing this before the battle with the Philistines in 1 Samuel 7 in verses 6 through 11. You also see it in 1 Samuel 13 as Saul is afraid that the enemy will come and attack him without him first offering sacrifices to the Lord. You did not dare go to battle without invoking the help of of God. And in this context, the king begs God to hear his cry, to accept his sacrifice that he offers in God's name. May he remember all your meal offerings and find your burnt offerings acceptable, Selah. And may he grant you all your heart's desire, in verse 4, and fulfill all your counsel. Now, I recognize that that may sound like a, a selfish prayer for God just to do everything the king desires and to give him everything he wants. But remember that Psalm 37 verse 4 says, Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. What is our greatest desire of heart to be? Our greatest desire of heart is the Lord himself. He is our greatest longing and our greatest desire. And these people were not asking God just to give the king anything the king wants. But the king is seeking to govern righteously and godly according to Psalm 45 verses 6 and 7. He loves righteousness and hates iniquity. He is seeking God and longing for God. And as he seeks for God and longs for God and wants to enforce justice in his name, he begs God, please fulfill all his counsel. And you notice that some of the verbs or some of the pronouns change to first person plural in verse Five, because when the king of Judah or the king of Israel succeeds, all his people share in that success. In verse 5, we will sing for joy over your victory. And in the name of God, we will set up our banners. 
after Israel defeated the Amalekites in Exodus chapter 17, verses 8 through 16, they set up an altar called the Lord is my banner. Here in this text, in the name of God, we will set up our banners. May the Lord fulfill your petition. In verse 6, Now I know the Lord saves his anointed and will answer him from heaven. Notice the word saves so important in this particular psalm. The Lord is the one who saves his anointed. The Lord is the one who answers his cry. The Lord is the one who saves with his right hand in verse 6. Perhaps the key theme of this verse, or the key responsibility at least for the king, is stated in verse 7. In verse 7 is stated rather cryptically in Hebrew. In the Hebrew text, it says in verse 7, These in chariots, and these in horses, but we, in the name of the Lord our God, we trust or boast or remember. Actually, the Hebrew word in verse 7, the verb is remember. It's the same word used in verse 3. In verse 3, they are asking God to remember the sacrifices the king has made. In verse 7, the text is calling upon the king to remember that his strength is in God. So as we remember that our strength is in God, we are calling upon God to remember us and to accept our worship. Horses and chariots were the most powerful military machinery of that day. And it was easy for leaders to put their confidence in these, these weapons of warfare. But the Bible emphasizes that wars are not won by the most powerful weapons, by the mightiest army, or by the greatest strategy. They are won by God's help. In Psalm 33, 16 and 17, the king is not saved by a great army. A warrior is not delivered by his great strength. The war horse is a false hope for salvation, and by its might, its great might, it cannot rescue. Our hope is in the Lord as verse 20 states, Psalm 33 and verse 20. But in this passage, some in horses, these in horses, these in chariots, but we, in the name of the Lord our God. God told Israel in Deuteronomy 20, when you go out to battle and you see that the enemy is mightier and more numerous than you are, and you see that they have horses and chariots, do not be afraid of them. Do not be afraid. Do not be a faint-hearted. Do not panic, for the Lord your God is the one who goes with you to fight for you against your enemies to save you. Our God is an awesome 
God. In verse 8, the Bible says, They, they kneel and fall down. And this pronoun for they is used. It's almost as if the text is saying they, they kneel and fall down. It's the pronoun is emphatic and it's contrasting the they with the emphatic we at the end of that verse in verse 8. So they, the text says in verse 8, they collapse and fall. But we rise and stand upright. We will, we will be strong. We will stand for the battle. And then in verse 9, as we stated, the New American Standard uses both the word save, uh, but uses the word save, it uses the word answer, it uses the word day, all prominent words in this psalm, save, O king, may the king uh, answer us. In the day that we call. All throughout the Old Testament, battles were not won because of superior weapons, because of superior manpower, but they were won based upon trust in God. The Bible says in Proverbs 21, verses 30 and 31, that a horse is a false hope for victory, that the Lord is is the source of our strength. And no victory, no might can prevail against him. It's interesting that sometimes in the Bible, God's people were much smaller than the enemy. You can think of the days of Gideon in Judges chapter 7 where Gideon fights an army that is without number and he has only 300 soldiers. And yet with those 300 soldiers, God gave the Midianites and the Amalekites into his hand. So there are some times that God gave his people victory against insurmountable odds. But there are other instances where God's people had the numbers advantage. If you look in 2 Chronicles 24, verses 23 and 24, when Joash was king of Israel, he or king of Judah, he had a large army, and the Arameans had a small army. But the small army of the Arameans defeated the larger army of Judah. Because Judah had forsaken the Lord. Battles aren't won by superior manpower or weapons. They are won by the Lord. How does Jesus fulfill the hopes and dreams of Psalm 20? The hopes and dreams of these people for their king were extremely high and they were never fulfilled by their king. God was trying to build an anticipation in their heart for a greater king that would come. But the word translated victory in verse 5 in the New American Standard and verse in the word saves uh, in verse 6 
a couple of times, and then in verse 9, uh, all from Psalm 20, this is from the Hebrew word, Yahshua, that serves as Joshua's name and is the Hebrew name for Jesus. Remember, he was called Jesus because he will save his people from their sin. The Lord saves the king. And in this text, ultimately, the king will save his people. They shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Matthew 1 and verse 21 Psalm 20 is a rich psalm. It will repay a careful reading of it. And Lord willing, tomorrow we will try to get uh, into Psalm 21 and to study that together. Thank you, and may the Lord continue to bless you.